Good morning and welcome to this episode of Enjoying an Encounter. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers as I was thinking of how persevering mothers are and how they put themselves down. I was encouraged to do the warfare of worship today. Yesterday I went to listen to something on YouTube and up pops Phil Driscoll who is an amazing trumpet player that I love to listen to as a teen. And he was referencing the potent laws of the sounds of heaven. That caught my attention because God has been highlighting sounds to me on and off for six years. So let's start with giving our God a place to speak to us. God, we honor you. We love you above all else. That's something we find easy to stay, but much more difficult to live at times. We ask you to help us live out our praise and truly worship you through our lives in spirit and in truth. Amen. Our challenge question today is, what do we live for? Years ago, I was um, wanting a new gifting. I did no longer want to be an intercessor, so I had asked God to give me a new assignment, and instead he took me out to Edmonton, Alberta, In this little church at Spring Grove, what I learned was that warfare of worship is powerful. And so oftentimes, instead of engaging in warfare in the spiritual realm, in the ways that I had been accustomed to, whether it was through tears or decreeing and declaring loudly, it was also something um, that I could do through worship and praise and dance, and and laughter. And so I was listening to Phil Driscoll the other day, as I mentioned, and God had told him, when the church is calmly clapping, polite applause is illegal praise. He said he didn't know what that meant, but then God said, it costs you nothing and does not depict my greatness. If you go to a game and there's a great play, the fans go ballistic but not the spectators nor the losers. Shouting is a life-giving force of energy. We are commanded by God to praise and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It's the dominion principle that God gave us. Religion doesn't want us to shout. It's a depiction of the core of our energy. Dead men don't shout, and as you're dying, your sound becomes more and more quiet. Phil goes on to point out that the Israelites were famous for complaining. During the march of Jericho, they were told when they went back to their tents not to make a sound. It's because opposite sounds cancel what God is doing. Joshua 6 says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in. And the Lord said, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. March around the city. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets, rams, horns in front of the ark and on the seventh day march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets have the whole army give a loud shout then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in so joshua son of nun called the priests and said take up the ark of the covenant of the lord have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it and then he ordered the army advance march When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. 
the armed guard marched ahead of the priests and blew the trumpets. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it, and the army returned to camp and spent the night. Then they got up early the next morning. Priests took up the Ark. Seven priests carrying seven trumpet, trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priests sounded the t- trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. They knew that opposite sounds cancel. We can't in one breath give God praise or gratitude and with the next say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Don't know what I'm going to do. Praise is a sound that calls for heaven to perform, according again to Phil Driscoll. We know that God has been talking through many of his people about our authority as kings and priests of heaven. You, We've talked about it on this podcast many times, to speak into our atmosphere to change them. And that is by speaking positive, by speaking life, by speaking the words of God, by decreeing his scriptures. Decrees and declarations are all part of this, and so is praise. I remember about five years ago when God was um, teaching me to read a book on warfare that I had previously read. He said, you're going to need to use everything I've taught you, all the tools to fight from all the past years in order to win the battle that is coming. Using the name of Jesus, the blood, communion, declarations, decrees, pushing past thresholds of feelings and emotions that speak of weariness. God wants instead to speak gratitude out loud and praise and worship. Sound controls our atmosphere. As Phil Driscoll pointed out, praise is a weapon that God gave us. When Saul was being tormented by an evil spirit and David played, David's fingers hitting those strings were vibrations. God in David was being released through the sounds and vibrations. And so the presence of God was in those sounds and the enemy had to flee. The worst thing we can do when we are depressed or down is play music that will feed that feeling. We need to put into our spirits that which will help cast off the darkness. We need music that will invite the presence of God until we can play or sing ourselves. As Phil Driscoll also pointed out, he doesn't just play the trumpet. He becomes the trumpet, the instrument of God. And the instrument is only as strong and as powerful as the sound that we make, the sound that we cause to flow through us. What God put in us is to control our futures, our destinies, our victory, but we need to bring it forth. As we partner with God, exalting his greatness, his power, his authority, then he becomes greater in our circumstances and we become less Less about what we don't have, less of what we wanted, less of what we should have, less about why we're disappointed. I was speaking to a good friend the other day and we were discussing past and future generations. Our grandparents worked, went to church, had friends they would visit, but unless they were rich, life was very simple. My own parents' um, life was all about others, the church, foster children, our family, getting up to go see friends at a cottage or going to Florida for a week every few years was the highlight of our lives. I grew up without 
all the manicures, pedicures, getting the hair done every week. But our generation, the next generation, has all evolved and started being more about taking care of you. The next generation has evolved to more thoughts about what makes them happy. And that's not a bad thing. There, there can be opposite sides of the spectrum, except when it becomes the focus of our lives. And when we're not getting those things, and then we become angry, resentful, depressed. So back to our challenge question, what are we living for? When our lives are focused on God and understanding that we are his servants, which Second Corinthians 4 reminds us of about, then the warfare or power of worship is seen and understood differently. Second Corinthians 4 says, Our message is not about ourselves. It is about Jesus Christ as the Lord. We are your servants for his sake. We are his servants because the same God who said that light should shine out of darkness has given us his light. For that reason, we bring to light the knowledge about God's glory which shines from Christ's face. Our bodies are made of clay. Yet, we have the treasure of the good news in them. This shows that the superior power of this treasure belongs to God and doesn't come from us. In every way, when we're troubled, we aren't crushed by our troubles. When we're frustrated, we don't give up. When we're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're captured, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around the death of Jesus Christ in our bodies so that the life of Jesus is also shown in our bodies. While we are alive, we are constantly handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus is also shown in our mortal nature. Death is at work within us, but life is at work in you. The following is also written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We have that same spirit of faith. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Then our hearts should cry out like Psalms 86. Teach me your ways and I will walk in truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear you. That undivided heart is an interesting word and it comes with a caveat that I may fear you. We know fear means respect and honor when we're talking about fearing of God. So what is an undivided heart? First John 3 and 12 says, We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. That always amazed me. What was Cain doing that was so evil? He was bringing his gifts and sacrifices to God. How can that be evil? But the word tells us when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gifts, but he did not accept Cain or his gifts. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. But God said, why are you angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted too if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. An undivided heart is doing what we want above what God wants. It's focused on self rather than God. It's the exact opposite of the warfare of worship. So if things aren't going right in our life, we can look and and determine how is my heart divided? Is my heart divided, God? 
what do I need to do? And we don't want to be focused on self rather than God. True praise and worship is letting go of us and our heart's desires and really acknowledging how wonderful and amazing God is, his greatness and glory, not because of how he has worked in our lives even, just because of him as creator of the universe, being above all and choosing to give us this beautiful world. Lord, we thank you for this world that you've given us. We thank you for the gifts. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the amazing mothers that have touched so many people's lives, whether they have raised the children themselves or been an influence in people's lives. All the women who have given over and over and over again, even though they may not have felt like it, yet they poured out their lives. And so, Lord, we lift up your name. We partner with the sounds of heaven to praise and magnify and exalt you over our feelings, over everything. We know your word instruct us that happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for we will walk in the light of your presence, O God. We rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. We exalt in your righteousness. You are our glorious strength, and it pleases you to make us strong. Psalms 89 lets us know, And so, Lord, we want to change atmospheres in our homes, in our cities, and in our countries. We thank you that it pleases you to make us strong, especially as we worship. We want to partner with you to produce the powerful sounds of warfare and heaven that will bring your kingdom to come and your will to be done down here on earth as it is in heaven. We don't want to have undivided hearts. We choose to worship you your way in obedience, in spirit, and in truth. We thank you, Lord, that when things don't go our way, we can bring to you our frustration, our our disappointment, and, and watch as you turn it into joy. We ask you to turn things around for your honor and for your glory. Teach us your ways, O God. We open our minds, eyes, hearts, and ears to hear you speak to our hearts, to partner with you over our families and our friends and our church and our country. In Jesus' name. We decree your strength and grace over our lives to live for you, your will and your purposes as we engage with our community, as we live um, through worship. We want to bless others as we walk in faith and not fear, as we engage in powerful warfare for ourselves, family, country, and nation, lifting you up and your way above ourselves, O God. We love you. We thank you for your great love for us. Amen. Thank you for joining us and enjoying Encounter on Google, Amazon, or Spotify. May you and all those around you be blessed as you realize in more powerful ways that your worship is warfare.